In both Demon Slayer and One Piece, we are introduced to amazing characters, amazingly visual backgrounds, and phenomenal backstories that are both compelling and heart-wrenching, depending on how you view them. However, in this episode, there are two characters in the series that we will be discussing today who have made an impact in both series and break down how they are similar to one another, but also how they are different. And these characters are Porkes the Ace and Kyojiro Rengoku. And in the end of the episode, I'd like to hear from you, the listeners, of what you think of this discussion, if either of these two characters are similar or different from one another. Hello guys, this is Jade from Nerdfix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. In this episode, we will be talking about Porkes the Ace and Kyojiro Rengoku, if either of these two characters are similar to one another, or if they are different. So for those of you who are fans of either One Piece or Demon Slayer, then this is the episode for you. And this is the episode that will be closing out the year of 2021. So for everybody listening, sit back, relax, and get ready for your fix for the end of the year. Porkesty Ace and Kyojiro and Goku, this will be breaking down into four different categories. These categories being of upbringing, powers and abilities, their depths, and if either of these characters are similar or different to one another. And with that said and done, let's get started with the upbringing of Porkesty Ace. From what we can recall from back in a One Piece anime and manga, whichever is your prefer- preference, According to what was gathered in the Marine Ford arc and in Peldau arc, Ace was born the son of the infamous pirate king Goldie Roger and Porkesty Rouge. Roger was known at the time as one of the most powerful pirates that have sailed the seas along with pirates such as the likes of Edward Newgate, also known as Whitebeard, Kozuki Odin, who was even a rival to the monkey D. Garp, who was hailed as the hero of the Marines. During his time out at sea, he would meet a woman by the name of Porkes de Rouge, who would bear him a child, that being a son. However, after finding the One Piece and becoming the Pirate King, Roger was coming down with a terminal illness that was incurable, and it led to the disbandment of the Roger Pirates. Knowing that his time would be coming soon, Roger gave himself up to the world government, where he was to be executed in Locktown. While awaiting execution, Roger and Garp would have a conversation with one another, which would lead to Roger asking Garp if he would look after his child after he passes away. Garp at first was against it, but seeing that Roger would put his trust in someone as Garp as he would put his trust in his first mate was kind of a huge deal. So Garp reluctantly agreed to take care of Roger's child. Then the final day came. As Roger was taken to the gallows of Logtown and was executed in front of spectators who waited to see him be executed. On the other hand, there was Porques de Rouge, who was mentioned to be the lover of Goldie Roger. At the time of his execution, she was five months pregnant with, with Ace and had to carry out her pregnancy for another 15 months bringing the total to 20 months she had to carry Ace through sheer willpower. The reason she had to carry out the pregnancy was, during this time period, there was rumors that there was an 
an illegitimate child of Roger that that Roger was having with another woman. So they questioned different people and different mothers, couples, and any other woman who was expecting a child if they were bearing Roger's child. But much to their luck, none of them were the one who were the lover of Roger. And as mentioned, Rouge had to carry out her pregnancy for another 15 months, which is very brutal for someone to carry that out. Because if anyone were to carry out something like this, they would possibly die, and most likely it would risk very much harm to the baby. But going back into the upbringing of Ace, after the execution of her lover, and after carrying Ace for the 15 months, she would finally give birth to Ace and was alive enough to name him Goldie Ace before passing away due to exhaustion. After the death of Rouge, Garp, as from the promise he made with Roger, took Ace in to raise him. However, due to the high demands of being a vice admiral of the Marines, he sent him to be raised by Vidan and her gang of mountain bandits. Sound parenting there, Garp. However, throughout his childhood, Ace would be encounter those who voiced their hatred of Roger and any potential children that he might have, which I don't think is any documented about any children that he would have, but the only one that we know of is Ace. And with that, it resulted in him feeling alone and worthless. But as this got worse, he would start beating people up to the point of near death, which of course would shock the dawn. But when Garb came to visit Ace one day, he asked Garb if he should have been born at all, to which Garb only replied saying, he would only have to find out by living. Later, he would meet a boy by the name of Sabo on the Great Terminal, and the two shared a dream of becoming pirates, and began their misadventures of stealing money and treasure in preparations for the day they would set out to sea. This, of course, would lead into the result of meeting a seven-year-old boy by the name of Monkey D. Luffy, who would pop into the picture, and their first interaction with one another was, to say the least, unpleasant. When Ace first met Luffy, he spat in his face and wanted nothing to do with him. Even when Luffy wanted to tag along with Ace and Sabo, they basically, at one point they had plans of killing him when Luffy discovered their plans of becoming pirates. Well, one day when Luffy was kidnapped by the Blue Jam pirates, Ace and Sabo went out of their way and rescued Luffy, with the exception of taking out the Blue Jam pirates in the process. After that event, the three developed a strong bond and even became brothers through the ritual drinking of sake. However, tragedy was dragged for the brothers as Sabo was the first to set out on his journey as a pirate, and his ship was supposedly destroyed by a celestial dragon. After a brief moment of mourning, Ace told Luffy that the two of them needed to become stronger and to live their lives with no regrets. After seven years had gone by of training, at the age of 17, Ace left Dawn Island to pursue his life as a pirate. Now that we got the upbringing of poor Gusty Ace down, now we move on to the world of Demon Slayer, where we focus on Kyojuro Rengoku. 
Kyojiro Rengoku was born the eldest son of Ruka and Shinjiro Rengoku and was the elder brother of Shinjiro Rengoku. His father at the time was a former flame Hashira when he was a child, and according to Mugen Train Art, at one point when him and his brother were younger, his father once had a strong burning passion that Kyojiro mirrored, but one day that flaming passion had disappeared. When doing a deep dive into why this personality switch occurred, this happened after the passing of his wife, Ruka. Shortly after the birth of Shinjiro, Senjiro, Ruka was afflicted with an incurable disease that would leave her bedridden until one day she sadly passed away. After losing his wife, Shinjiro's personality drastically changed and his world turned upside down as he turned to alcoholism and due to his behavior, this caused him to become a short-tempered, abusive, and insulting man who would take his anger out on his sons, either verbally or physically. There was even a dream sequence from the Mugen Train arc where Kyojiro dreamt he was back at his home, telling his father about his promotion to Hashira. Unfortunately, his father did, wanted nothing to do with this, saying, What's the big deal about it? None of it matters. Neither to you or I. Later, after the meeting with his father, he would be greeted by his younger brother, Senjiro, and asked if his father was happy about the news and wondered if he would be acknowledged as well if he became a Hashira. Kyojiro then began to have a moment of his father and the person he used to be, a happy man who was passionate about training his sons as swordsmen and how he changed after his mother's death. And after a brief moment of reminiscing, Kyojiro admits to Senjiro that his father wasn't happy to hear about the news, but enthusiastically, he adds that his passion will never die, and that he will never be disheartened. Upset by the news, Senjiro still had a look of hurt on his face, but Kyojiro comforted his little brother, saying that this little brother is not like him because he has an older brother to look out for him, reassuring that whatever path he takes, he'll be an amazing person. And as the brothers hug, he tells Sinjiro to do his best and to keep living no matter what. of these two fire users out of the way, we could get to the really nitty-gritty of these two bad boys, that being their powers and abilities. First, first we're going to be starting off with that being a poor guest ace. So let's get started. Now for those of you who are fans in the One Piece community are well aware of, Ace was the user of the Mera Mera no Mi, or the Flame Flame Fruit, in the Funimation dub. This is a Logia-type devil fruit that allows the user to conjure, manipulate, and become the element of fire. You could create and unleash massive amounts of fire for large-scale attacks, as well as utilizing them for precision attacks. And even it was revealed that his burning fists have enough power to annihilate entire cities and destroy battleships. How amazing and destructive is that? Ace's primary use for his flames also has a wide variety of offensive, offensive attacks. Examples being, they range from shooting fire bullets and spears, releasing powerful fire cannons, unleashing massive waves of fire, 
The Green and Fire Protocols, both a single large one for a large-scale apocalyptic attacks, and another being a multiple small ones that could explode, an example being Firefly Fiery Doll. His signature attack that he's best known for is transforming his fist into fire, sending it forward at great velocity and size, earning him the nickname Fire Fist Ace. His flames could also be used for defensive purposes as well, an example being he is able to create a massive wall of flames to block his enemies, and the heat of the flames can deter his enemies from attacking out of fear of getting burned. He is also able to stop powerful ice attacks from then-former Admiral Aokiji, and it's also been used for practical uses as well, as he's able to traverse the seas in a one-man boat that was specifically designed to, for him to repel with flames from his feet. And top of with that, he's also skilled in all three forms of hockey, having conquerors, armament, and observation hockey prior to his death. It was, it was commented by Shanks and Beckman that his hockey was fiery by nature and his very presence was enough to stop lizards on an island for as long he was there. That's massively insane. He was even present. There was even a time in the Drum Island arc when he was there, no snow, no fell at all when he was on the island for an entire day. That is amazing. Not to mention insane of what Ace was capable of when he was alive. He was also the one who was renowned for his physical strength during this time when he was with the Spade Pirates. Even before he joined the White Bear Pirates, he had a bounty of over 100 million berries and was even at one point given the offer to become a Shijibukai, but refused the offer and during his time out at sea, he would encounter many individuals, including those like Yamato, Jinbei, and of course, Whitebeard. Regarding Jinbei, the two fought one another for five straight days, to the point of both collapsing from exhaustion, until one day, Whitebeard arrived on the same island that Jinbei and Ace were fighting at and offered Ace to join his crew and become one of his sons. At first, Ace was against it. But was knocked out and forcibly brought onto the movie deck either one way or another and was already made a member of the crew. From then on, he was the second commander of the White Bear Pirates, where his bounty shot up to a staggering 555 million berries, which showed that despite being the son of a famous pirate king, he had a lot to offer during his time. transport back into the world of Demon Slayer where we focus on the on Kirojuro Rengoku. Now we get into the complex territory world of of Demon Slayer. Of the members of the Demon Slayer Corps, Kirojuro was probably one of, if not the strongest Hashira we have seen in the series thus far. As a flame Hashira, he was taught the breathing technique known as flame breathing by his father, the former flame Hashira Shinjiro. During his time, he was hailed as his generation's most skilled flame-breathing user. He had six flame forms of flame-breathing, 
which was displayed in the moving train arc, making him a powerful swordsman that would put some lower-ranked demons in their place. He also possessed tremendous speed and reflexes that even the train is someone as trained and gifted like Tanjiro couldn't perceive or register. He also was even to cause tremors to the ground and nearly launch a train off the tracks just by running at such high speed. It could easily move at speeds much faster than the eye can see, decapitating demons before they even have a chance to react. And his reflexes are so fast, he managed to cut Akasa's arm, arm moments before he was about to attack Tanjiro. Hirojiro also has an incredibly honed senses, where he was able to sense and perceive Akasa's immense presence and demon aura to discern that he was an upper rank. He's also capable of sensing demonic presences faster and more accurately, and more accurately, and he was able to detect two, de two demons right after another on a train before anyone else was able to notice, even more better than that of Tanjiro. And his ability is also able to precisely gauge the regenerative abilities and weaknesses of most demons, such as the ones as Enmu. Not to mention, Kyojiro also has an daunting amount of spirit and indomitable willpower, enough to impress the likes of an upper three rank Akusa, the man whom he would battle and... Uh, I really don't want to talk about what happens, but we're going to be talking about that in the next section. Ever since he was a child, he had an inculcated indomitable will passion in itself due to his promise he made to his late mother. And when, and when overwhelmed with his powerful attacks by the upper third rank, giving Hyojiro in, with insidious wounds, and he remained steadfast and resolute. And even after losing an eye and having eternal wounds, he still persisted and expressed his unwavering will and determination that he will protect the lives of the other innocent people, no matter what. So now with their abilities and powers out of their way, we now go into the more grim and heartbreaking section of these two, that being their untimely deaths. The first one we'll be going over, of course, is Ace. After the battle between Ace and Blackbeard, prior after the events of Water 7, it was assumed that Ace lost to Blackbeard and was given to the world government in exchange for him to become a Shijibukai. Ace would be taken to level 6 of Impelled Down to be executed, where he would meet another a former, a former warlord, Jinbei, whom he battled a few years ago. However, there were two objections to this execution. The first was to lure and confront Whitebeard on favorable terms, and the second was to reveal that Ace was the son of Goldie Roger. Due to the event, this event, it would bring on the event of the Paramount War, with al the allied forces of Whitebeard, Whitebeard himself, as well as Luffy and the other allied forces under him invading Marineford in order to save Ace. Though they were successful in saving Ace from execution, this will all be for naught, as Ace would be killed by then-Admiral then Akainu during an effort to save 
Luffy's life. During his final moments, Ace would recollect how he had first been given a place with Luffy, Sabo, and Don, as he remembered a childhood otherwise filled with torment and persecution. The only thing he would regret is he would not be able to see Luffy's dream come to pass of him becoming the Pirate King, as he called out to his crew, thanking them for loving him despite his bloodline and faults. After thanking his crew for loving him, he falls onto the ground and passes away with a smile on his face. Now I do apologize that the summary for the passing of Ace is a little bit short, but I have to keep it a little short and sweet to the point. And with this, it was a little bit hard for me to actually summarize this to the best of my ability without even breaking down into tears and remembering all of this. With that said and done, let's go back into the world of Demon Slayer and recall the death of Kyotro Rendoku. After defeating Enmu, the only opponent who was left to defeat was Akasa, an upper-ranked demon. The battle between Akasa and Kyojuro was one of the most highly anticipated battles in the Demon Slayer series, not only for the visuals, but also how the fight sequences were beautifully displayed between the two. During the battle, both gave it their all as one as at one point Akasa asked Kyojuro if he wanted to become a demon, to which Kyojuro swiftly refused. As the two clashed, the fight became more intense as in one moment, Akaza's arm was shown to be stuck through Kyojuro's stomach. Doesn't that kind of sound a little bit familiar to another fire user's death? It was at that moment Kyojuro would begin to remember his late mother and had a flashback showing their final moments together. It was there. Ruka asked Kyojuro, who was a young boy at the time, why he was born stronger than any other person and to think hard on this question. Kyojuro takes a moment to ponder on this and barks out he doesn't know the answer. After a moment, Ruka explains that he was given such strength to protect weak people and power should be used for the world and for the people, not for abusing it in order to hurt others. She then hugs her son to his, her chest lovingly and she begins to cry, telling him that even though she won't be alive much longer, it was an absolute blessing for her to be a mother, the mother of such a strong and gentle child. We then pan back to the present as he was able was able to summon the last of his strength to swing a sword into Akasa's neck. He thanks Ruka as well for being his mother as he lets out a shout and drives his sword deeper in as Akasa tries to hit him with a punch to the face. Kyojuro grabs his wrist and stops the attack before it reaches him, but this will all be for naught as, he was as Akasa was able to escape before the sun rose, leaving a heavily wounded Kyojuro on his knees moments away from his death. Before he passed away, he tells Kyojuro tells Tanjiro that he should try to revisit to visit Rengoku House if he wants to learn more about Hinokami Kakura, since he remembered that his father had notes about it being left behind 
by the flame Hashira who came before him and his son. Itachi tells Yojiro that if there was a way for him to recover from the injuries to which he said that there isn't, then he should hear him out and let him speak more about what he has to say. He asks him to tell his little brother Senshiro he should proceed down the path that his heart tells him, one that he thinks is right, and then his tell his father Shinjiro to take care of himself. He looks to Tanjiro in the eye, telling that he believes in Nezuko and fully accepts her as a member of the Demon Slayer Court. After seeing her protecting the many humans on the demon train, Finally, he then tells him to live with his head up high, held high and should not worry about dying since it's only natural for Hashira to give his life protecting his junior. He then looks to Tanjiro, Inosuke, and Zenitsu, and he believes in them and that they will become the next generation Hashira of the Demon Slayer Corps. Finally, before, he's, before his time was up, he sees the spirit of his mother in front of him, asking if he did a well, good job. To which she softly smiles and said, He did a wonderful job. As the seconds of his life slips away, Kyojuro passes away with a smile on his face. so far from both series. Ace and Kyojuro are both fire users. Yes, they both have a history of personal losses in their life, but there's more to it and I will gladly explain this. Ace and Kyojuro both have younger brothers who look up to them and seeing their interactions between the two is heartwarming to see. Okay, there was a little bit of a difference between the two where at one point Ace wanted nothing to do with Luffy and basically either spatted him, threw him off the cliff, threw him into the uh, creek down below from the log. He did everything imaginable just to get Luffy to stay the fuck away from him and Sabo. But in the end, after saving him from the Blue Jam Pirates along with Sabo, his demeanor started to change as he began to become more of a loving and attentive older brother towards Luffy. And yeah, there were times where he could be a little bit annoyed with Luffy and his antics, but he does mean well when it comes to protecting it. And it can almost be the same thing with Senjiro, with how he looks up to Ren to Kyojuro. Kyojuro is a very loving and passionate older brother figure towards Senjiro. We saw the interaction between the two in the Mugen Train arc, where at one point Senjiro was, was really upset when he heard the news that 
Their father wasn't happy of the news that Hyojiro became a Hashira, and he broke down into tears and started to cry. His older brother comforted him by giving him a hug, telling him that he will still become an amazing person, whatever path he decides to choose, and was even loving enough to help him him train with, with him his swordsmanship. That's a really loving older brother, if you ask me. Not to mention, he has strong faith in his little brother, just like Ace also has strong faith in his little brother. Both of them are very loving, of, very loving and caring for their little brothers, and I really like that about that. Another thing I can say about these two is both of them are very proud of what, who they are. Ace is somebody, yeah, there was a moment where he wasn't proud of the person he is. Being the son of a famous uh, pirate king, yeah, that was something that will probably haunt you for the rest of your life. But when he became a member of the Whitebeard Pirates, that was something he became extremely proud about. He even showed the tattoo of the White Bear Pirates, a Jolly Roger on his back at one point to Luffy when in the Alabasta arc, showing that this is his pride. He's proud to be a White Bear Pirate. He's proud of how far he became just to become a member of the crew. Even at one point where he, want, he didn't want to be a part of the crew, but if, even after trying to kill them off many, 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 many times, he still this, and after a talk with Marco, he became an, a proud member of the White Bear Pirates. And it could be the same thing when it came to Kyojiro. He decided that he wanted to become a Hashira. Even after going through some trial, and after a, a, a cover, and after doing a story, we're talking about the life of Rangoku. We actually see that Kyojiro is actually proud of being a Hashima, and when seeing a moment in the Mugen Train arc when he said that a lot has happened when he was asleep, and there was even a, a moment when he mentioned that the other Hashira saw what he, what had happened and what he did to cause this, he would be ashamed. And he actually takes his role of being a Hashira to much pride, and he is proud of being a Hashira. Almost at the same level as Ace is proud of being a member of the White Bear Pirates. And with these two as well, another similarity between these two is the loss of their mothers. But the only difference between the two is that Ace lost his mother when after she gave birth to him, while Kyojiro lost his mother when he was just a child, so he got to have some memories with his mother, Ace did not. There was only just one difference between the two. And another similarity between the two is that they're both fire users. I mean, it's already obvious. The only difference is that one is a bit of a brawler, used to more hand-to-hand -hand combat, the other is more familiar with the art of the sword. And another similarity between the two, which I will admit, it's very heartbreaking, is how these two died. Yeah, they've both been beaten up by the people that they fought, but both of them, how they passed away, they passed away with a smile on their faces. And they both passed away at the young age of 20. 
I mean, that's a very young age to die, and knowing that this is such a young age to pass away, that's there's a win out of you. But with that said and done, with the passing of both Ace and Rengoku, it's still hard for many fans of both One Piece and Demon Slayer to grasp. But for those of you who are new to the One Piece community and who were just recently got into the series, it is still hard to basically grip on the terms. And we can even remember after the death of Ace, Luffy began to break down and to start to destroy certain parts of an island because of Ace's death, because it was so hard for him to come to terms that his brother is gone and now he's alone. But Jinbei brought him back to his senses that he shouldn't be sulking over his brother's death anymore because he has a crew that he needs to focus on, which brought him back into reality. And he needs to get stronger for his crew during that two-year time skip. This could also be the same thing too after season two of Demon Slayer. When Tanjiro visited the Rengoku house, at one point, Sinjiro didn't want Tanjiro to be at the home. And when he saw the earrings that Tanjiro was wearing, he was furious over the fact that he might be a sun breather and basically went in and attacked him. And even when Sinjiro tried to stop him, he basically slapped his son away, telling him not to interfere. That moment, I will remember that it basically had my blood boiling. But what really made me break down into tears was when Senjiro told his father after Tanjiro left the last thing that he wanted to say to his uh, Keojiro said to his father please take care of yourself and before Senjiro was about to take another swig from his bottle of sake he breaks down into tears and starts to cry it's almost the same thing of when his caretaker one of them, who was supposed to be entrusted to care for Ace, Garp, breaks out of tears and cries after the death of Ace. Now, the difference between these two is, well, Sinjiro, he was a bit more of a passionate man in the beginning, but after the death of his beloved wife, things went a little, things went downhill. He was more abusive and turned to alcoholism as a way to null the pain, while for Garp, he was a basically busy man due to his demands of being a vice admiral, so he wasn't around a lot, and basically he decided to have Ace be raised by mountain bandits in hopes that one day, instead of him becoming a pirate, he would become a marine. But sadly, that did not work, and instead he decided to become a pirate, so uh, that parenting didn't work after all your papers, did Garp? But even during his execution, Garp did have a moment to sit down with Ace and told him that none of this would have happened if you didn't become a pirate. You could have been a marine, but here we are. And that's the kind of a thing that just happened. But Ace doesn't regret ever being coming a pirate. Just like I know Rengoku doesn't regret ever becoming a Hashira. This is what he wanted. Just like Ace wanted to be a pirate. And Overall, with everything that has been analyzed, and I know it's a little bit some short summary of these two, how I compare them, I would say that Forecast D Ace and Hirojo Rengoku are 85% are similar to one another. 
I would give it a, a bit more of a higher score, but I think about 15% of certain things about these two are just a little bit different, but I know that they're really high up there in similarities. Both of them are fire users, both of them have little brothers that look up to them as much as they do, and both of them died at the age of 20, and both of them, even though they passed away, left a huge mark on both the One Piece community and Demon Slayer community for both their personality, their skills, and also the impact that they've put on for both communities for what they have impacted. episode coming to a close, I want to know from you, the listeners, closing in the year of 2021, what do you think? Do you think Ace and Kyojuro are the same, or are they different from one another? Based on everything that I have compiled into this episode, and as I mentioned, it took me months to be able to work on this, and this was really hard for me to actually work on this because I did break down and cry a couple of times when re-watching Mugen Train arc and also re-watching some other parts where Ace appeared, which was the Drum Island arc, the Alabasta arc, the end of the War Order 7 arc, and the Marine Corps and Helldown arc. Those were sad moment arcs that I had to watch and it was hard for me to keep it together when trying to rewatch them a couple of times and I can't recall how many times I broke down in tears and cried because it still almost felt like it was yesterday when I first saw these events happening. But I want to know what you guys think. Are they similar to one another? Are they not similar to one another? Do you think they're partially similar to one another? Let me know what you guys think as I will be putting up a questionnaire on Spotify to know what you, the listeners, think. But for everyone listening, thank you so much for sticking around for season two of the Nerd Fix. As this podcast will be back for season three, coming in 2022, with new episodes, as well as now, instead of new episodes on Sundays and Wednesdays, I will be doing new episodes on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So three days a week. So I hope you'll be excited for that. This new content's coming in, and new things are going to be heading your way for 2022 this year, next year. But thank you so much for listening, and to end the episode, whether or not you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you, and stay awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next year for a new episode. Later!